I want to be able to sing loudly, to move my hands, to, uh, to be engaged bodily because my affections say, this is good and this is right. Right. Welcome to Soundless Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music, where we explore what the Bible has to say about music and worship in the church and encourage those who plan, lead, and participate in their Sunday gatherings each week. Hello, and welcome back to the Soundless Doctrine podcast. My name is David Zimmer. And my name is Bob Coughlin. And you are stoked. I'm excited because we're talking about physical expressiveness today. That's... And I thought I'd just give people an idea of what it can look like when you're physically expressive. What and do I do with my hands? What it, well, I'll show you. <laughs> I will teach you, David. I will teach you. All right. Enough of that chicanery, tomfoolery. <laughs> if, you did not, <laughs> if you did not listen to the first uh in the first episode of Physical Expressiveness, Shame go back to that. On you. Go back to that and listen to that because um, I think it was pretty helpful to talk about the ten reasons that ten your problems. church problems that mm -hmm. your church has with physical expressiveness, mm -hmm. or that people have with your church's physical expressiveness. Yes. Yeah, we tried to yeah highlight some of the main things that people say when they're talking about. Yeah, I don't think we need to be physically expressive. Yeah. So. Today, we want to look at, uh, what does the Bible say? Yep. And then respond to each of those 10 concerns. Yeah. So. You don't have the, uh, not to put you on the spot, but you don't uh -oh. have the, the. <laughs> you said right at the end, I want to give the, the key motivation. Mm. Uh, can you share that again? Well, yeah. Uh, God has given us bodies to naturally respond to him in ways that point to his glory and our mm -hmm. satisfaction with him in mm -hmm. him there is a which we're going to which we're going to get into but we're not aiming at what I did when we first started this podcast. <laughs> that is not our aim. Just we've got to be excited all the time. We've got to be moving. And, right. Uh, but there, there is a natural responsiveness mm -hmm. that um, glorifies God. Yep. And communicate something. Mm -hmm. So um, first, uh, the th we realize that there is uh, um, some connection here between the glory of God and our bodies simply because of creation. Mm -hmm. God never meant us to respond to him purely in an intellectual disembodied manner mm. um, or to respond to biblical truths in an intellectual disembodied manner, nor is it limited to a, simply an inner emotional response. God created our bodies to glorify him. You were bought yeah. with a price, therefore glorify God with your body. Mm -hmm. We are not souls with bodies. We are our bodies. Mm -hmm. A number of great books have come out recently that, that talk about that truth, the reality. There's so much confusion about you know, the connection between who we are and our bodies. Right. Our bodies say something. We are not Gnostics who downplay or negate, negate the importance of the body in true spirituality. So mm -hmm. we see it from the very beginning. Genesis 2, 7, the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Mm -hmm. Romans 12, Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your 
bodies as a living sacrifice, implying your whole life, which includes what you do with your body. Yeah. Love what Paul says in Philippians 1.20, it is my eager, eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now, as always, Christ will be honored where? In my body, whether my life or my death. And then mm-hmm. I love this. Our bodies are going to keep going even after we die. Philippians 3, 20 and 21, our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. Crazy. That's going to be so great. By the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Wow. So, so God has created us to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that certainly includes the bodies he's given us. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing the Bible says mm-hmm. about honoring God with our bodies. Second is we, we want to look at the vocabulary. So many of the words that we translate worship in our Bibles... The, the Hebrew and Greek words contain the idea of bodily movement, hmm. which is, so this is not just a Western thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the two most prominent words, and forgive me if I butcher these, I've not taken Hebrew, hishtachawa in the Old Testament and proskuneian in Greek, connote the idea of bending over at the waist or bowing down mm-hmm. as an expression of homage. It's not just mental, intellectual. In addition, physical expression is both commanded and spontaneously modeled in Scripture as a way of giving God glory all mm. over the place. Yeah. So Ephesians, I'm sorry, Exodus 12, 27, you shall say it is the sacrifice for the Lord's Passover, for he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians but spared our houses, and the people bowed their heads and worshiped. Mm. Like just as, as a natural response, yeah, that's what they response. did at God's, you know, the the expression of God's deliverance. This one, you know, it's not worship as we typically think of it. But when Job was informed that he had lost everything he had, including mm-hmm. his children, Job one twenty says, Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell all the fell on the ground and worshipped. Mm-hmm. There is a bodily engagement when we engage with God hmm. that's appropriate, that's normal. So in the broadest sense, excuse me, worship in Scripture is always connected to physical acts that communicate things like homage and respect and celebration and servanthood. Hmm. So that's the vocabulary. Third thing that we can look at is just the scriptural examples. So many. Yeah. Again, some are modeled, some are commanded. Um, yeah. Nehemiah, were you going to say something? I was going to say the Psalms are just full. Psalms we're, are full. We're going to get there. Ezra, uh, Nehemiah 8, 5 and 6, Ezra opened the book. So he's just reading the Word of God in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And as he opened it all, the people stood. No indication that he even said to stand. They, they just stood. Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. Amen. And they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. All that physical responsiveness in response to just the Word of God being read. Remember one time I was at a conference with Matt Papa. I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast or not, but he he just, he read that passage and said, you know what, I'm just going to read the Bible, uh, read God's Word, and uh, let's respond in the way that would be appropriate to what we're hearing. Oh, and it was so cool. Yeah, because there was no music, it was just 
this is the word of God. People yeah. were shouting, yes, amen. People were kneeling and just doing different things. Um, Nehemiah 8, 9, right after that, uh, Nehemiah said to the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. Hmm. There's another physical response to what God is saying and doing. Uh, Psalm 47, 1, uh, kingship psalm. Clap your hands, all people. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. Ephesians 5, 19, we're singing and making melody mm-hmm. to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Psalm 95, verse 6, we're bowing down, we're kneeling before the Lord. Psalm 134, verse 2, lifting up our hands to the holy place and blessing the Lord. Revelations 15, 2, Revelation 15, 2, um, he's, John says, I saw what appeared to be a sea of glass mingled with fire, and also those who had conquered the beast in its image and the number of its name, standing beside the sea of glass with harps of God in their hands. Harps mm. of God. Psalm 149, verse 3, you have dancing, the tambourine and lyre. You should appreciate that, the tambourine, you percussionist. Um, Psalm and the 22, dancing. 23, <laughs> all you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. Yeah. All these references that mm. include clapping, singing, dancing, bowing, kneeling, lifting hands, shouting, playing instruments, and standing in awe. Now, some have said that the New Testament contains few references to physical expression, a few, some kneeling, singing, lifting hands, although that last one isn't emphasized too often. But it's not <laughs> readily apparent, I think this is the important point, that the bodily responses that are both modeled and commanded in the Old Testament have been superseded or fulfilled mm. in Christ's high priestly work, or that we now you know, only obey them in a spiritualized manner. You mm. know, I'm dancing in my heart. Right. I'm, I'm jumping up and down. I'm lifting my hands in my heart. Right. But I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want anybody to see it. No, we need to apply these scriptures in a way that truly honor God's, God, honors God and edifies the church. Mm-hmm. He intends our whole beings to give him glory. Mm-hmm. Psalm 16, 9, therefore my heart is glad, my whole being rejoices. Not just part of me, yeah. my whole being. So I love that. That's what we were saying uh, when we started. You asked me, you know, what are we aiming at? It's it's that natural responsiveness that includes our bodies. It's not confined to our bodies, but it includes our bodies. God gave us bodies that we might bring Him glory. So, and He's not looking for an Ill, a, a feigned enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. We don't have to fake it. Yeah. You know, we're not. You know, lift your hands like you mean it. No, we really mean it. Yeah. Uh, you know, sing like you should never say that. Sing like you mean it. You should mean it. <laughs> we're not putting on a show. Um, if I, I just spent a few days with my wife, um, we uh, did a wedding down in Dallas, Texas, and we were together for three days. We took an extra day to um, visit uh, Magnolia, actually, Chip and Joanna Gaines, and uh, had a wonderful time. But if someone was to see me with her, uh, during that time, and uh, you know, I was just kind of walking next to her and not touching her, and just kind of ignoring her, and, but thinking in my mind, "Oh, I just really enjoy being so with close. Julie. We're so close. <laughs> That's right. We're so close. That that would be ridiculous. No, mm. I, I was showing her numerous 
points along the way. Just no, I care for her. I love her. I open the door for her. I uh, get her things. I, there were do things I do with my body to say, I love you. Mm. It's not totally dissimilar when we talk about right. our relationship with God mm-hmm. and the truths that that we live in the good of. So. Mm-hmm. We have some time, fortunately, I was afraid this was going to take too long, to address, uh, and that's not everything. Right. You know, I mean, we could, we could talk about more that Scripture says, and, um, but what, what I think it would be helpful to do is to address each of the ten concerns. Yes. You know, we talked about in, mm-hmm. in the last, uh, last podcast. So the first one is, you know, worship's... Is, is of the mind, is of the heart, it's not physical. And I think we addressed this earlier. We're not disembodied spirits. Right. God, we're not just like doing telepathy here. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I see your eyes, I see your hands, I'm, you know, we're communicating with our bodies. And as God commands us to love Him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, that's going to include our bodies. Yeah. From the earliest pages of Scripture to the scenes of worship in heaven, physical movement and engagement is expected, present, and encouraged. Mm. We can't get around that. No, yeah. no matter what culture we're from, we can't get around. That's the clear testimony of Scripture. If you read your Read your Bible without the lens of your culture. That's what you see. Mm. So in Revelation 19, verse 4, the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who was seated on the throne saying, amen, hallelujah. So it's not just, you know, we're trying to keep our bodies from doing anything that shows that we're really enjoying this or meaning this. Yeah. Number two, a desire to avoid hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. That's a great desire. I think it. The problem there is is what, how we think of hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. You know, hypocrisy is when you act in a way that you want to deceive people. You want to trick them. You want to give the impression that you're more spiritual or more engaged than you actually are. That is completely different from acting in a way that's meant to stir up your affections Mm -hmm. or in a way that properly responds to God. Right. So years ago, I came across this quote from John Calvin, who was talking about outward signs. Um, You know, John Calvin is no charismatic. Uh, He he talked a lot about the Holy Spirit. Um, but you wouldn't think of him as being one who would be excessive in physical, mm-hmm. you know, displays. But he, he wrote this in commenting on Acts 20, verse 36. The inward attitude certainly holds first place in prayer. In other words, what your heart does is most important. Yep. But outward signs, kneeling, uncovering the head, lifting up the hands, have a twofold use. The first is that we may employ all our members for the glory and worship of God. So that, I mean, right there, he just says that, you know what? All, all parts of our body are going to be employed in giving glory to God. Yeah, I mean, that's Psalm 16, 9. Yes, yes. Yeah. Then secondly, he says that we are, so to speak, jolted out of our laziness by this help. 
that. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I jumped you out of your laziness. There's also a third use in Solomon public prayer, because in this way, the sons of God profess their piety and they inflame each other with mm. reverence of God. Mm. But just as the lifting up of the hands is a symbol of confidence and longing, so in order to show our humility, we fall down on our knees. Wow. That so spoke to me mm. when I realized that, you know what, sometimes my heart's just lazy and I need my body to tell me this is what's appropriate. Yeah. So there have been times, sometimes on a Sunday morning, uh, so, sometimes in a conference, where I will be singing and I'll realize I don't, I'm not really honoring God in my heart. Mm. And I will kneel down mm. and I will put my face on the floor. And I will just think, this is what God is worthy of, mm. even if I don't feel it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not doing it so that people will say, oh, wow, he's so spiritual. Whew, I wish I could be like that, bowing down on the floor. I'm, I'm not doing it for that. Yeah. I'm doing it because I need to. Yeah. I'll lift my hands sometimes for that reason. Well, and, and I mean... You have to look far in Scripture to know that we will all be humbled. We will all bow. Yes, yes. It's like that's right. That's right. No one's going to say, "Lord, I I never bowed on earth, so, so I, don't I don't feel think it's appropriate I can do it to here. bow now." Sorry, <laughs> but I mean, honestly, we lose that perspective that we we are we have been saved. Yes. Oh my goodness. And we we are worshiping God. He 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 put the song in our mouth. He he. He is magnifying himself through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We get to participate in that now. Yes, yes. I love Psalm 40. I think it's verse 7, uh, 8 or 9. I have told the glad news of deliverance right. in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained, not my, restrained my lips. lips. As you know, O Lord, I have not hidden your deliverance with my heart. I have not concealed your steadfast... I have spoken of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Um, I've, I've spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation, the great congregation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. Mm. That's a, yeah, I've spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I've not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great con congregation. Why? As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. <laughs> so he's, that begins at verse 9. He, he's just saying, I, I cannot restrain myself because you have shown unrestrained mercy to me. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's not hip hypocrisy. Yeah. That is responding in a natural way to what yeah. God has done. Uh, next one, my theology teaches something different. So we talked about Hebrews 12, 28, um, you know, worshiping God in reverence and awe. Yes. And it's just that reverence and awe isn't the only stipulation that God has put on our worship. Mm. And actually that passage goes on to speak of the way we live in reverence and awe, mm -hmm. you know, showing, uh, Hebrews 13, showing hospitality uh, to strangers, not, not living in such a way that um, we, we love money, uh, honoring, the, honoring, honoring the marriage bed, keep, yeah, keeping our lives free from the love of money, you know, all those things. That's worshiping the Lord with reverence and awe. It's not just what you do in a meeting. Mm -hmm. What we do in a meeting includes celebration. Yep. Rejoicing, shouting, jubilation, enthusiasm, and wholeheartedness. Whatever we're doing, we're doing wholeheartedly. Yeah. So Psalm 71, 23, 
My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, my soul also, which you have redeemed. Mm-hmm. Notice, my whole body's getting in on it. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not just restraining myself because God's too great. He's too good. Mm-hmm. Psalm 108, verses 1 and 2. Love this. My heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing and make melody again with all my being. Awake, O harp and lyre, I will awake the dawn. So he's not waiting for the musicians to kind of (laughs) motivate him to get going. He's not even waiting for the sun to come up. He's saying, I am so amazed at God's goodness to me that I'm going to tell the instruments to get going. I'm going to say to the, you know, how does he say it? Um, I will awake the dawn. Dawn, get going. Wake up. You know, sun, rise. Right. Because of what's in his heart. Yeah. So, you know, Psalm 2, verse 11 says, We rejoice with trembling, and we draw near to the throne of grace with confidence. Mm-hmm. So, so there, there are a number of different ways that we uh, see modeled and, and commanded in Scripture in terms of what is to characterize our gathering. Yeah. It's not just reverence and all. Yeah, well, and uh, just as I hear you speaking uh, about clapping and shouting for joy, and it, there's such a public element to that. Um, <laughs> you mean you can't clap like this? <laughs> Well, and, you know, we, we're, we're clapping. We're also encouraging other people. We're engaging with yes, other people. Yes. And, and it's meant to have that effect. Yes, right. I mean, Calvin mentions that. It, it affects uh, those around us. Yes. When we're enthusiastic. Yes, the Calvin quote. Or right. engaged, I should say. Right. Uh, because sometimes engagement means sobriety. Yeah. Th- that you know you're really engaged. You're, yeah. But that's not to say that sobriety is the only proper response. Yes, well said. So, all right, next uh, thing concerning people have distor- disorderly. Yeah. Physical expressiveness can be disorderly, but it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people naturally engage physically in conversations all the time. Right. You can, uh, you know, it's just at a wedding and there's a wedding reception and, you know, people are talking in different ways. It's not disorderly. People are engaged, but there are different points when someone addresses everybody, and then people are unified in their responses. Mm-hmm. But there's a there's a single focus, and there's some variety, you know, in it. But there's a single focus, mm-hmm. and so what's happening when we gather is there's a single focus, right? And and we might respond differently in different ways. I might raise my hands at one point. Someone might just be sitting quietly listening. That's a proper response, but our focus is the same. Yes. Now, there are other times when we say, let's do this together, Yeah. Uh, and that's totally appropriate as well. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that when two people are doing different things, that it's disorderly. Right. So um, that's that one. Fear yeah. of distracting others, really good uh, concern or legitimate concern. Our physical expressiveness needs to be governed by the principle that Paul lays out in 1 Corinthians 14, and that is the principle of edification. Mm-hmm. Whatever we do has to build up the body. So 1 Corinthians 14, 12, with yourself, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Mm-hmm. And then 1 Corinthians 14, 26, let all things be done for building up. Mm-hmm. So... 
uh, recently uh, had uh, this trip I did the wedding for in Texas. I had the privilege of going to Matt Boswell's church, mm-hmm. uh, the Trails Church. And uh, it was a less demonstrative group than Sovereign Grace Church of Louisville would be. Not unresponsive at all. But I was sitting in the front, and uh, I was aware that, you know what, I'm not going to just be as responsive as I want to be. Mm-hmm. I want to be thoughtful about the people around me, um, and I would say amen at different times, and not to draw attention to myself, but to draw attention to what's being said yes. and what's being sung. And, and I think when people say this, um, uh, you know, that they're, they're, they're fearing distracting others, they they have a picture in their mind of you know who's the craziest person I've ever seen and no that's that's not that's not the point it's uh when you see someone who is genuinely excited about something in in a uh, normal way mm-hmm. you're drawn into that so mm-hmm. so when you know uh, a two people are married and the the bridegroom is there and the the, the bride walks in and the bridegroom lights up. Oh, that's you smile. Yeah, I think that's totally appropriate. Yeah, or any kind of situation. Now, you know, a child runs into the room and uh, greets someone. It's like, oh hi. You, you know, that's that's not distracting. Yeah, stop that. Stop raising your hands to you know to be held. Just just walk calmly. <laughs> you know, it's just we don't do that. It's just like so. Well, yeah, and if I can say, like one of the things that you mentioned. Um, about, you know, you were in that context and um, you were aware of the people around you, but it didn't stop you from engaging. No, no. Uh, and I think one thing that I've learned from you and, and maybe others that have listened that are listening to this podcast is when you when you have responded in a sermon or in a song when we're singing a lyric, that engages my heart to go, whoa, I missed it. What was it? If I'm not engaging. But if I am engaging, it is saying, yes, I am tracking as well. Yes, yes. Okay, I got to tell one. Are you done? Sorry. (laughs) I got to tell one funny story. So I think that has been encouraging to me. So um, I'm done. Thank you. You can talk as much as you want. Recently, I um, uh, had the joy and privilege of being part of the SING conference, Keith and Kristen Getty. And I was teaching a seminar, and I wanted to make a point about how when you lead, you want oh, to, I was here when you lead pastorally. This was terrible. <laughs> when you lead pastorally, you want to direct people's thoughts to what we're singing. So we sang the doxology, "Praise God from whom all blessings flow." We just sang it, yep. and they said, all right, "Let's sing it again." Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And I said, "Hasn't the Lord been kind?" Praise him, all creatures here below. The Lord made us. Praise him above you, heavenly host. Everyone should be giving glory to the Lord. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So I said, so that's how we did it. And I said, uh, okay. Now, were those two times we sang that differently? And yeah, everybody's nodding. Yeah, yeah. So I said, okay, well, what was the difference? So uh, a gentleman in the front row lifted his hand and said, yeah. I said, yes, sir. I said, yeah, the first time, uh, like I could worship, and the second time you were distracting me, kept saying things, and uh, it was really hard to worship uh, when you're doing that. Hmm. I said, okay, well, 
that's not the response I was looking for, but <laughs> I can go with it. I, I said, do they do they do this in your church at all? I said, no, no, we don't do it. I said, okay, right. well that helps me. Yes. So I asked everybody else, did, did can anybody else give me a reason why it was different? It's just, yeah. Yeah, we thought more about the words. I said, okay, great. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, we had a conversation. He said, hey, we do sovereign grace music in your, our church. <laughs> that was, it was great, but he wasn't used to it. Right. And so, you know, uh, it sounded odd. It sounded distracting. It, it, yeah. it sounded, you know, like, why is he doing that? Why is he interrupting my worship? Yes. No. You, it certainly can be overdone. Mm -hmm. But saying something that directs our attention or doing something that directs our attention to the words we're singing is not automatically distracting. And isn't there something um, just inherently... Uh, misguided in the you're distracting my worship? Yes, very much so, because we're worshiping together mm -hmm. through Christ, mm -hmm. through His Spirit. Uh, it's not my worship. Right. And so I want to be conscious of those around yeah, me. And yeah. uh, when I was at uh, the Trails Church, I was standing in front, but numerous times I looked around, just turned around and you know, people might think you're weird, but I just, I just so enjoy being a part of this and seeing, reminding myself, we are doing this together. Yes. Um, well, and it's helpful that you have led in a way that are teaching people how to sing songs to one another. Yes. It's, I think that's been helpful. We're speaking to one another, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Yep. So why don't we ever look at each other? Yeah. Not yep. all the time, but sometimes. <laughs> Amen. All right, next, uh, people can fear being emotion-driven. And I think the fear here yes. is be is emotionalism, not emotion, not being emotional. So emotionalism is being emotional without a concern for the root or the goal of the emotion. You know, where it comes from, where it derives from, and what its aim is. Mm -hmm. That's emotionalism. What you mentioned, uh, no, it was this podcast or the earlier one, where, you know, People, they come into a meeting and just the hands go up. Yeah. Well, okay, maybe that's for the Lord, or but maybe not. Maybe mm -hmm. it's just, here's what I do. It's what I do. Yes. Uh, God-honoring worship is rooted in biblical truth, in biblical realities, and expressed in appropriate ways that point back to that truth. Mm -hmm. So if physical express, expressiveness is emotional, but never points back to the truth if it just, we, I always do the same thing. And yes. I think this is a legitimate critique that some of, um, uh, Harold Best one time, I was doing a conference with him and uh, said, yeah, people's hands just go up, you know, in the course. They just go up on the course. He, he's got a point. Yeah. Like, your hands just go up on the course? They don't yes. go up any other time? Right. That's worth asking. Yeah. Maybe that's more emotion-driven than... Truth-driven. That's very good. So yeah. yeah, emotionalism is just a big crowd or, or just doing something because I like to feel something. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about the difference between the affections and feelings. You know, affection, feelings are what we feel. Affections are why we feel them. Mm -hmm. And and what we're really aiming at is the affections right. when we sing. I, I, I want to be able to sing loudly, to move my hands to uh, to be engaged bodily because my affections say this is good 
and this is right. Right, right. Not just because it's the kind of song I like or I like the, yep. you know, the leader's voice or that was a great riff on the guitar or whatever. Yeah. That's, uh, that's emotion-driven. Right. Affections are much deeper than that. It's uh, it's. I know we don't have a ton of time, but it's like the it's the same thing with like amening. You know, we were just talking amen. about that. <laughs> it's like Sorry. there's an amen that's wow. I'm tracking with this. Yes, great. And there's point. a yeah. there's a amen, amen, brother. Yeah, that's just sort of throw in because it's it's what's familiar to you. Right, and you can create a culture in a church where that kind of response is. It is becomes the focus. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't a good sermon because no one was really saying amen. We only had a couple amens. Right. No, maybe people were so sobered by the word of God that they didn't even think to respond at that moment. Yeah. That's a possibility. Yeah. And maybe you've created a culture where you're more focused on how many amens there are totally. than the truth of what's actually being said. Same same with hands. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hands weren't absolutely. going up, so... Yeah. We're doing something wrong. Must must not be getting through. <laughs> right. All right. Man, we're, we got to keep going. Uh, but we're almost done. we got four more. Where do you draw the line? Yeah. Huh? Chaos. Yeah. Gold uh, dust. I, th- I think <laughs> that question is born more out of fear than faith. Mm. It wasn't the question the woman who poured the oil on Jesus' feet in Mark 14 was asking. Hmm. Nor the the woman, and I think it's in Luke seven, who was forgiven of all her sins. She wasn't saying, "Oh, I don't, I want to be careful <clears throat> about be, being too extravagant in my expression of devotion to Jesus." Mm. It was filled with faith. It was just saying, "How how can I not? How can I not want to respond with all that I am?" Mm. And I think too often we let ourselves off the hook. We we just think, "Well, I don't feel it. I don't. I can do it." question is not whether we feel it. The question is whether Jesus is worthy of it. Mm. And what can we do with our bodies to make him look glorious and him look great and him look satisfying and him look like he's the Lord wow. and he's the one who saved our souls. Yeah. So, yeah, there is a line to be drawn, and the, that line is edification. When it becomes distracting, when it becomes something that, that becomes the focus, yeah, that's, you've crossed the line. Okay, devil's advocate. Okay. If uh if, you know, if a if there's some person in your church that this is the only way that I can mm. truly mm. this is my, you know, my way of worshiping the Lord. This is my way of worshiping the Lord, and I know it doesn't work in your context, yeah. but I this is how I do it. And how can you put restrictions and yeah. boundaries on me? Yeah. I'd say that God puts restrictions and boundaries on you. Mm. Because his concern is just as much for how you treat the people around you as it is how you relate to him. Mm. And he, he spells that out in 1 Corinthians 14. You must do what edifies others. Yes. So if you say your way of worshiping, just you know, people just have to get used to it, that's not, a, that's not preferring others over yourself. You know, Philippians 2, look not only to your own interests, yes. but also to the interests of others. Yes, yes. So that it's just, you're saying you want to please the Lord... Mm-hmm. Great, you can't contradict his word and right. please please him. Right, right. So you got to pick one or the other. Yep. Uh, it's you, you just can't do both. Yep. I want to do whatever I want, and I want to please the Lord. No, if we please the Lord, he's if we want to please the Lord, he's told us in his word what pleases him. Amen. And so that's what we go by. Right. 
Next one, uh, culture. I love this one. Uh, you know, it's just not a part of my culture. I just happily point out that in every culture, in every strict, you know, withdrawn, introverted, quiet I've heard culture. The frozen chosen. The frozen chosen, where, <laughs> yes, wherever they that. are. Uh, in that culture, you have Christians who defy it. Huh. So, you know, the Sydney Anglicans, they're right down the street from Hillsong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, literally right down the street from Hillsong. City of Lights, right down the street from Hillsong. Um, you know, there are times when Christians are called to be countercultural. Mm. I was going to say in the UK, you know, there, there are uh, lots of congregations in the UK that are very expressive. What do right. they say? Right. Well, our culture teaches us to be, you know, this way. It's not our culture that rules our understanding of how to, we're to respond to God mm -hmm. when we gather. It is the Lord. He's the one who, who is to say this. He is the only one who has the right to say, this is what pleases me. Yeah. Hypocrisy doesn't please him, but neither does deadness. Yeah. Dead orthodoxy does not please him. Neither does, I think, and I could say with scriptural backing, uh, a, a gathering where people want to respond mm. with their bodies, but they feel restrained for one of the 10 reasons we've talked about. Yes. So another, another one is personality. Right. The good news is God saves all kinds of people. <laughs> Flamboyant, extroverts, introverts, shy, leaders, followers, type A, not type A. He gives each of them their personalities. And God wants to receive glory through your personality because that's the one mm. he gave you. Mm. So looking at the two extremes, for those on the shy side, introverted side, the question is, what do my deepest, strongest affections look like outside of Sunday morning? Mm. Good. God's bigger than that, Yeah, whatever it is. So, you know, you have people who are very quiet in the church, very reserved in the, in the gathering, but outside they're just all, oh, yeah. all body, oh, you know, yeah. all, it's, everything's you know, expressive, in this, but when you get in, okay, you know, God's worthy of our deepest, strongest, highest, purest affections, and that's what we want to show with our bodies. Yep. For those on the extroverted side, the question would be, how can I express my personality in ways that honor God and don't distract others? Mm. So we, we have to look at it from both sides. That's so good. Then finally, fear of man versus fear of God. You know, this is one we all deal with. Uh, I remember the first time that I raised my hands. It was in the mid-70s. I was at a, at a festival, an outdoor festival, Jesus Festival, we called them. And uh, I remember thinking, people around me were raising their hands. So already I was fearing man more than God. I wasn't thinking, Jesus, you're worthy of you know everything I have. It was, oh wow, people around me are raising hands. I should do this. And and <laughs> really a very godly motivation. Was that in the seventies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People were doing a lot in the seventies. They Bob. were. They did a lot of funny stuff in the seventies. <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm trying to raise my hands, and it really felt like. There was like I was carrying hundred pound bags on either either hand, and it was so hard. I don't think I got it past like <laughs> just above my navel. I think it was just uh, it was so hard, and it just took time. It just took time before I realized. You know what? Your problem's not like how worthy God is. Your problem is that you're thinking more of other people than of, than God mm -hmm. and and how worthy He is. Mm -hmm. I, I, 
I, I want to be asking the question, Lord, what have you done for me? What, what have you done? Not what have you done for me, but yeah. look at what you've done for me. Yes. I was condemned. I was under your wrath. I was under your judgment. You sent Jesus. Jesus came. He took on my flesh, lived a perfect life of obedience so he could take the punishment from my disobedience mm. and rose from the dead. And I will never, ever be punished for the sins that I've committed every single day because Jesus bore the wrath for me. How can I not want to respond to that? How can I not think this is amazing? How can I want to not want to communicate to others with my body and my voice and everything about me that Jesus is so good. God is so great. He's so glorious. Yeah. How can I not want to do that? Get in on this. Uh, uh, yes, that's right. That's right. You should be doing this. And it's it, that's it's fearing God more than fearing man. Being more concerned about yeah. who God is, what He's done, what He said, and then responding in natural ways to to all that. Yeah. So that's what we're aiming for. That's so excellent. So. Yeah. All right. So. This is the end of this podcast. I think this is the longest podcast we've ever done. I think it needed the time. Oh, I hope so. Um, and I'm sure we left stuff out. And <laughs> I'm sure there are things that were unclear. Um, but I think if you are in a church where you are wanting to grow in this area, mm, mm. or maybe you've listened to both these podcasts and you go, no, we would never do that. <laughs> Email us. I, us. Would, I would encourage you to uh to listen to this next podcast that we're gonna do oh good um that just talks about how do we grow in this area yes. and how do we kind of expand our understanding of what we're talking about yes maybe i've been thinking about it for a really really long time uh without really thinking about the main reason why. yes that's that's good yeah so i think we, we want to focus on you know, for leaders, how to mm -hmm. lead people through the through change, mm -hmm. how to how to lead people again, not to be more expressive, mm -hmm. but how to engage more meaningfully, yeah, and how to let that naturally show, yes, in in their speech, their singing. Singing can be affected as well. Mm -hmm. You know, singing can be half-hearted, and and it shouldn't be. Yeah, that it contradicts why God gave us singing. Right. So so how to lead people through change, but those thoughts should also encourage anyone who's asking for themselves. I mean, hopefully these two podcasts will encourage you. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think the next podcast will, will help you as well. Great. So thanks for joining us for this one. And we look forward to the next time. Yep. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Sound Plus Doctrine, the podcast of Sovereign Grace Music. Sovereign Grace Music exists to produce Christ-exalting songs and training for local churches from local churches. For more information, free sheet music, translations, and training resources, you can visit us at sovereigngracemusic.org.